Welcome and thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. So much is going on in our world right now. Things that cause us pain and worry. Things that cause us anger and indignation. Things that make us wonder what we can do. Here's First Pres Executive Director Chris Pan with the answer. Hello, I'm Chris Pan. I'm the Executive Director of the Church. Our sermon title today is Be Still and Know That I Am God. God is a God of peace. And we can experience that peace even in chaotic times. You know, I was all set to preach on this topic when the biggest news story was just the global pandemic. But this past week, civil unrest in response to racial injustice has pushed the global pandemic to only the second most important news. But our topic is the same and even more relevant and more important now. God is a God of peace. We can experience that peace even in chaotic times. And we are called to be peacemakers, especially in chaotic times. I want to get this right, but I know that I won't. And so I pray that the Holy Spirit might speak to us today, through me if possible, but more likely in spite of me. However you are feeling today, grief, anger, despair, indifference, I pray the Holy Spirit might meet you where you are. I pray that he comforts and encourages all of us today. As we go through our sermon today, ask yourself these two questions. What is God saying to me, and what does he want me to do about it? What is God saying to me, and what does he want me to do about it? Will you please join me now in prayer? Holy Spirit, speak to us now. Speak to us where we are in whatever we are feeling. You are a comforter and an encourager. You are a helper and a counselor. Come, Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's children say, Amen. Now let's focus on God's peace and being God's peacemakers today. Let's look closely at two verses. The first is Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. That's about peace. The second is Amos 5.24. Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. That's about being peacemakers. Let's come back to that second verse a little later. But let's start with, be still and know that I am God. I've been praying this verse a lot over the last few months. Uh, I've mentioned before that I'm a big fan of the app Pray As You Go. I listen almost every day. It's a short 12-minute or so devotional, music, scripture reading, some questions for reflection. And in mid-April, the first minute of the reflection was the following. Amidst these uncertain times, it can be easy to get caught up in fear, worry, and being overwhelmed. These are natural responses, and we can welcome and acknowledge them. At the same time, we are invited to remember that God is present within this situation, working for our good and the good of all the world. God is inviting us to trust in and collaborate with that work. So use this prayer to still yourself and help you tune into this truth. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am Be still and know. Be still. 
I've been repeating that prayer a lot these last few months, and it's been great. Even the idea that I can welcome and acknowledge the feelings that I have, however tumultuous, has been great. You know, I'm not a naturally still or calm person. I talk really fast, and I have lots of ideas all at once. I struggle with anxiety and depression and insomnia. But slowing down and repeating this prayer, calming myself in God's presence, and tuning in to his truth has been an incredible comfort to my soul. Be still and know that I am God is from Psalm 46. And Psalm 46 describes a world out of control, a world of chaos, a world where nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall, mountains tremble, and oceans roar. It describes a world of natural disasters and of national and international catastrophes. It was the world that Israel faced, full of war and disease, and it's the world that we face. But in their chaotic world, and in our chaotic world, God is present. God is present and available to us. Leslie Paez, the church's office manager, will now read Psalm 46, our scripture passage for today. Leslie is one of the many members of our church staff who've been working really hard to keep the church going. Leslie's actually been in the office during the shutdown, collecting mail and processing checks. And so thank you, Leslie, and thank all our church staff for your hard work. Our scripture reading for today, Psalm 46. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes the war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. God says to us, be still and know that I am God. And he says this not in the context of green pastures and still waters. He says, be still and know that I am God, not because bad things aren't happening and don't happen. He says, be still and know that I am God, even though bad things are happening, even though nations are in uproar, even though kingdoms fall, even though mountains tremble, even though the oceans roar. We will not fear. The Lord Almighty is with us. He is our refuge. And when the morning dawns, God is near. Even though the world seems like it is in chaos, God is still exalted among the nations and in the earth. Early this year, our sermon series was on the character of God. 
And I'm so glad we spent those weeks thinking about the character of God, because God is still God, even now. Be still and know that I am God. And so I want to take a moment now to actually pray this prayer together, to actually do this now. Let's remember that church is not something we watch. Church is people participating together as a community in the worship and mission of God. And so let's participate, because the most important thing that's going to be said today isn't going to be said by me. It's going to be said by the Holy Spirit. So let's create some space for him to speak now. Let's just take one minute, and I'll guide us through this prayer. I'll guide us and give you some time of silence, just a minute, so that you can repeat this prayer to yourself at your own pace. Let's take a minute now. Close your eyes. Settle your body into a comfortable position. Take a deep breath in. Let it out. Take a a few more deep breaths. God is here. God is present with us. God is present with you. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still. Come, Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope that was a peaceful experience for you, as it has been for me. And I encourage you to continue with it throughout the week. The theme of creating space to find peace and calm in God's presence has popped up in all over in different places in my life, in my small group, too. I'm in a small group with a bunch of guys, and over the past few months, we've been working through Ruth Haley Barton's book, Life Together, Experiencing Transformation in Community. And several of the exercises in that book has been on the same theme, this same theme, for us to slow down and to intentionally create space for the Holy Spirit. We've been doing Lectio Divina, which is when you read the same Bible passage out loud four or five times, each time leaving a minute or two of silence to focus on different words or phrases to see what the text is saying to us, to get the words deeper and deeper into our soul. And you know, we usually go around and share what's going on in our lives. And another exercise we've been doing has been to intentionally leave a minute or two of silence before and after someone shares, to intentionally create space for the Holy Spirit to speak. Before someone shares, we'll start in silence, praying, Come, Holy Spirit. Then someone will share, and then we'll have silence, listening for the Holy Spirit. Then one of us might respond, and then silence again. The practice that we've been doing is that we're not just looking at each other, but we're looking at God 
and then we look to each other, and then we look to God again. We are present to each other, and we are present to God. We are present to God on each other's behalf. We're listening for what God's advice or guidance is for that person, not just thinking of our own best advice or questions. And this has been a great experience for all of us to learn more about the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, God the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. In the Bible, Romans 8.26 says that the Holy Spirit prays for us even when we don't know what to pray. And so this practice of creating space for the Holy Spirit to acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is doing all the hard work, continually praying for us. And all we have to do is prayerfully listen for the prayer of the Holy Spirit. That he is already praying for us or for others. And then to join in. In these uncertain times, you may not know what to do. I encourage you, be still and pray. You may not know what to pray. And so I encourage you, pray, come, Holy Spirit, come. And then listen. And then join in with the Holy Spirit's prayer. Especially now, we need to center ourselves in God's presence. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and his peace. Because only from this place of peace can we engage the world as peacemakers. Because that is what we are called to do. We are called to be peacemakers. That is the point of church, that we are co-workers with God. So that God's kingdom may come on earth as it is in heaven. That people who do not yet know God, this God, our God of peace, might get to know him. That we might save lives. That's what the church is about. A group of people who sacrifice of themselves for the sake of others. And if we don't do that, then we are just a social club all about ourselves. A wise man once wrote, But the judgment of God is upon the church as never before. If the church of today does not recapture the sacrificial spirit of the early church, it will lose its authentic ring, forfeit the loyalty of millions, and be dismissed as an irrelevant social club with no meaning for the 20th century. I meet young people every day whose disappointment with the church has risen to outright disgust. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote those words in August 1963 while in a Birmingham jail for protesting racial injustice. I hope that our church leads with the sacrificial spirit of the early church. I hope we as a church exist not for ourselves, but for others. I hope that once we've centered ourselves in God's presence, in God's peace, that we move out from that place of peace to be peacemakers in the world. And in particular, I hope and pray that our church is dedicated to justice and righteousness. You know why? Because that's what God cares about. Let's look now at our verse from the Old Testament book of Amos. Amos chapter 5, verse 24. Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. As I watched the news this past week and as I tried to create space in my life to listen for the Holy Spirit, I felt like this was the prayer of the Holy Spirit, that this was the desire of God, and I wanted to join in on that prayer 
Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. This verse was the passage that Martin Luther King Jr. quoted the most often. And it's also the passage I wrote my law school application essay on. If you are unfamiliar with Amos, Amos was a prophet in the Old Testament who lived in a time of injustice and oppression, particularly by the wealthy against the disadvantaged. And so God sent Amos to deliver a message of judgment to Israel about their neglect and mistreatment of those in need, women and the oppressed. And the message was that God hates the oppression of the vulnerable. God hates injustice. God's judgment was upon Israel because they oppressed the poor and crushed the needy. It says that in chapter 4. In chapter 2, it says God's judgment was upon them because they sell the innocent for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals. They trample on the heads of the poor as on the dust of the ground to deny, and they deny justice to the oppressed. While Israel oppressed the vulnerable and allowed people to be sold into slavery, they continued to have religious services and ceremonies and religious festivals. They sang songs and made offerings to God, but they lacked a concern for justice and righteousness. And so God says to Israel in Amos chapter 5, I don't want your songs and offerings. I don't want your ceremonies and festivals. God says, I want justice and righteousness. And God doesn't just say, I don't like your church services. God says, I hate it. I despise it. Amos chapter 5, verses 21 to 24. God says to Israel, I hate, I despise your festivals, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the offerings of well-being of your fatted animals, I will not look upon. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the melody of your harps. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Our God cares about justice and righteousness more than church meetings. And let's be clear about what those terms mean here, justice and righteousness. The Hebrew word for justice here, mishpat, means taking concrete actions to correct injustice, particularly for the underprivileged and vulnerable, for widows and orphans, for immigrants and the poor. It is correcting systemic and legal and structural problems on behalf of the oppressed. That's justice, mishpat. The Hebrew word for righteousness, tzedakah, means right relationships between people, no matter what their social differences. It means good deeds and generosity, acts of generosity towards those in need. One commentator says, justice is making things right that are unfair in society. And righteousness is doing right by people, especially the vulnerable. God cares about justice and righteousness. Pastor Tim Keller writes that when these two words, mishpat and tzedakah, justice and righteousness, when these two words are tied together in the Bible, as they are more than three dozen times, our modern phrase that best captures the meaning is social justice. You know, the false gods in the ancient world, they were always on the side of the rich and the powerful. The God of Israel, our God, 
is the God who freed slaves in Egypt and sides again and again with the oppressed and the vulnerable. Psalm 68.5 names God as the father of orphans and protector of widows. Jesus in the Beatitude blesses the poor and the hungry and those who weep. God himself in the words of the Bible calls out for justice and righteousness. And if you turned on the news last week, you will have seen and heard people all over our country crying out for justice and righteousness. Can we open our hearts and hear that call? Can we join in on that call? Because that is what the Bible commands us to do. To add our own voices to that call for justice and righteousness. Proverbs 31, 8 and 9 says this, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. Please hear me. These are not political statements or partisan statements. These are biblical statements. These are the words that are in your Bible and in mine. And if you take your Bible seriously, I think you have to take these words seriously, too. That is what we are called to as followers of Jesus. Can I share something personal? I am tired of being a minority in America. It's tiring. I grew up on the mainland. It was one of the few Asian kids in my school and neighborhood. I thought a lot about race. And what I love about being in Hawaii is that I don't really think about race at all anymore. It's a privilege, a luxury. I can have hobbies. I love that in Hawaii, everyone looks like me, that the people in power look like me, and that my kids look like the people in power. And so I heard about the video of a black man in Minnesota who was killed in police custody. I didn't want to watch. I didn't want to watch George Floyd die. I didn't want to watch the video of Ahmaud Arbery's death or Eric Garner's death a few years ago. These are painful things. And it's a privilege I have to not watch. It's a privilege for me to turn my eyes away. And then on Monday, I saw this tweet by George Floyd's pastor. He wrote, I want to ask the officers, if you're looking into the face of God, would you have treated Mr. Floyd as you did? Well, officers, you were looking into the face of God. Genesis 1.26. Genesis 1.26 is the story of creation. When God says, let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness. George Floyd was an image bearer of God. And we are all, all people, regardless of race or gender or nationality or ability, regardless of how we vote, regardless of who we worship or who we love, we are all made in the image of God. And so I watched that video, and it is heartbreaking. But as a follower of Jesus, I need to open my eyes to the injustice that is happening in the world. 
because God cares about justice and righteousness. God cares about righting systemic injustice on behalf of the oppressed. God cares about doing right by people, especially the vulnerable. And because God cares about justice and righteousness, I want to care about justice and righteousness. And when I watched that brutal treatment of George Floyd, the child of God, creating God's image, it broke my heart. And as I watched, I felt like I wasn't just looking at George Floyd. I was looking at the face of Jesus. I was looking at the face of Jesus. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, Jesus describes the scene of judgment. Where he says to the unrighteous, he says, you'll receive eternal punishment because you didn't care for me when I was hungry or thirsty. when I was a stranger or sick or naked or in prison. And the righteous, the unrighteous, they say, we didn't recognize you. We didn't recognize you. And Jesus tells them, just as you didn't help these vulnerable people, you didn't help me. And right before that, Jesus tells the righteous, you'll inherit the kingdom. You'll have eternal life. Because you did care for me when I was hungry and thirsty, and a stranger, and naked, and sick, and in prison. And what's amazing to me is that the righteous say, we didn't recognize you. The righteous don't say, yeah, Jesus, I knew it was you in disguise. That's why I helped the vulnerable. I'm sure glad I recognized you. No, neither the righteous or the unrighteous recognizes Jesus in the invulnerable. But the righteous do the right thing anyway. Can we recognize Jesus in George Floyd, and in everyone around us, but particularly in those who are most different from us or most vulnerable. One author has written about race in America. The meaning of race comes down largely to this. Is this someone I should care about? If you are a follower of Jesus, the answer is always yes. As followers of Jesus, we are not allowed not to care. We don't get the privilege to look away from the faces of those experiencing oppression and injustice. We have to listen to the pain and experiences of those who are different from us. And then we declare with God, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. On the news one night at one of the protests, I saw someone carrying a sign that I initially thought was really funny. Here's a screenshot. And you'll see that there's a person here that has a sign that says, stop killing us. That's a clear and understandable sign. But there's a person over here who's a sign that's just a lot of words. And I thought, I'm not sure that's a good sign to bring to a protest. It's just a lot of words. Um, but when I figured out what it said, I thought it was the perfect, most thoughtful sign. And the sign says this, 
Privilege is when you think something is not a problem because you aren't affected personally. That's a really thoughtful statement. And we as followers of Jesus don't get the privilege to look away just because it doesn't affect us personally. Because we know that God cares about justice and righteousness. So we care about justice and righteousness. Because we know that injustice anywhere affects us personally because it affects the heart of God. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote, Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. And so as followers of Christ, we know that every human life is worthy of dignity and respect. We open our eyes to a world in pain, and we listen to that pain. And then from a place of peace, we enter as peacemakers. This church understands that. Your support furthers justice and righteousness all around the world. Agape International Missions fights human trafficking in Cambodia. Made in Hope does the same in the Philippines. Advocates for Africa's children serves orphans in Africa. We sponsor thousands of children through Compassion International. The list goes on and on. We care about justice and righteousness because God cares about justice and righteousness. We know that we are tied together in a single garment of destiny with people that are very different than us. And we know that justice and righteousness is desperately needed today in our own cities and streets. The God I believe in is on the side of the vulnerable and the oppressed. Are you? The Jesus I believe in walked this earth as a homeless, dark-skinned, Middle Eastern man. He was an innocent man convicted as a criminal at an unjust trial who received the death penalty. This is the Jesus I believe in. The Jesus I believe in gave up a heavenly throne and became human and suffered for me and died for me and rose again and will reign forever in glory. The message translation reads in Philippians 2, Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantage of, what that's, of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far beyond anyone or anything ever, so that all created beings in heaven and on earth, even those long dead and buried, will bow and worship before this Jesus Christ and call out in praise that he is the master of all to the glorious honor of God the Father. May we think of ourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. May we live selfless, obedient lives, and be peacemakers in this world.
Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Can I tell you, I don't know what happens next. But I have faith in a God of peace who does. I believe in a God who is still God, still exalted, even in and especially in a chaotic world and chaotic times. May God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Because the book of Amos doesn't end with judgment. The book of Amos ends with the promise that God will restore and rebuild his people. That God will act on behalf, on their behalf, to build something new. And the good news of the gospel is that he does. Our God is a God of hope, a God of making things new, a God who brings life out of death, a God of peace. And our world needs peace and peacemakers now more than ever. It needs leaders who will fight for justice and righteousness. It needs faithful people who will speak up for the oppressed and vulnerable. It needs people of unconditional love and supernatural wisdom. It needs people filled with the Holy Spirit. It needs people of grace and mercy. And I pray that we will be those people. I pray that we'll be those people who emerge from a place of peace, from being still and knowing God. And so the only thing I know to do now is to just keep coming back to where I've been for months, to intentionally create space in my life for the Holy Spirit to show up and speak. And so let's end today. Let's end today by quieting ourselves in the presence of God. To be still and know that God is God. Let's seek his face and create space for the Holy Spirit. Because we are no good as peacemakers if we lack God's peace ourselves. And so let us slow down once again and create the space to find God's peace. To pray for the Holy Spirit to guide us, to lead us from that place of peace into the world as peacemakers. Let's end in guided prayer. Same as before, we'll take just one minute. So now would you please close your eyes and still yourself in God's presence. Take a deep breath. Come, Holy Spirit, come. In this moment of stillness, I know that there may be someone who does not yet know this God we've been talking about today, but you want to. In the midst of a chaotic world, you want to know a God of peace. In the midst of an unjust world, you want to know a God who loves justice and righteousness. If that's you, will you please join me in this prayer now? God, I am sorry for my unrighteousness. Thank you that you have provided a Savior in Jesus Christ who died and rose again for me. Please be my God and my Savior, now and forevermore. Amen. If you've just prayed that prayer, please click on the button in the chat panel. We'd love to connect with you. And now for everyone, please pray and reflect upon these words. I'll lead us now through just a minute of guided prayer. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God.
Be still and know. Be still. Indeed, this is a time when we may be feeling that there is a storm in our lives, in our country. So much heartache. And as we just sang, we need our souls to be stilled. We need a revival in our land. We need our Lord to send us His Holy Spirit to revive our nation. As we close this service, I want to give us a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face and grace shine upon you. And may you know deep in your hearts the hope and love of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Lord, please come and help our nation. In Christ's name, amen. With the coronavirus still out there and racial tensions tearing apart our nation, plus our own personal situations swirling around, there's a lot to handle. But we have step one laid out for us. Be still. If you'd like to hear this sermon again, you can listen to and download this and other sermons from the First Prez website, fpchawaii.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Normally, we meet Sundays at our Ko'olau campus or at the Vine in Kaka'ako, but for now, you can find the entire church service streamed online on the church website, fpchawaii.org. For our virtual church service, click the online church box at our regular church service times, Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, and 11.11, and Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. Be sure to check your email for links to sermons, church news and updates, and daily devotionals. If you have any questions or needs, you can reach the church through the website or just call 808-532-1111. For Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Prez, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, stay safe, and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2020 and produced by the media ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.